This is the Mastermind Advisor Marketing Podcast with Vince Aldre and Josh Woodward. Welcome to another podcast with Mastermind Advisor Marketing. My name is Vince Aldre. I'm here with Josh Woodward. And today we're going to talk about the five things that are destroying your Facebook ads and what you can do about it. And the reason why this came up is I was actually, I'm in this Facebook group, Josh, and this one guy made this this bold claim as far as, you know, you shouldn't be doing targeting and you shouldn't be, uh, you should be doing all ages, not 55 plus, and shouldn't be focused on life insurance or annuities. And of course, this is a lead vendor posting this in like a life insurance group. I'm like, of course, this guy's saying that because he's getting all these leads, right? But they're probably not qualified. Actually, I know they're not qualified because we've done it. So I think this just brings up a good topic today to talk about the five things that are probably destroying your Facebook ads if you're doing them and what you can do about it. And, and honestly, like the Facebook ad part, honestly, is the easiest thing to do. I feel like like the Facebook ads are easy. The hardest part is actually getting them to go through the entire funnel, getting them to go from you know the lead to being an appointment on your calendar. And then the second part with that is the quality of it. So I think what this guy obviously is trying to do is make a bold claim to really try to get people to reach out to him. And so I made a comment and he kind of attacked me saying, I do this for CFPs and broker dealers Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I am a CFP. I do digital marketing for myself. And I, you know, my company does 36 million new assets a year. So, yeah, like, like I, it's one of those, like, it is funny how defensive people get, you know? <laughs> well, then, and then this other guy that was, this other guy that was commenting, kind of going against me. And then I mentioned everything. He's like, all right, those are good numbers. What you're doing targeting? I'm like, yes, I'm doing targeting. I'd rather tell people, <laughs> tell Facebook how I want my money spent, not the other way around. But that's not what Facebook tells you, right? Facebook says, let the algorithm do it. And that's what a typical digital marketer would say. Let the Facebook algorithms take over and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, if you want to waste off a lot of freaking money, go for it. I mean, I remember spending thousands of dollars on these random digital marketers that freaking claimed they could do digital marketing for me and they just failed. Sorry, I'm getting a little upset because... This is a topic. A little money wasted. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, why I, this is why I created what I've created. It's... It's so funny. You know, sometimes, you know, the old saying is, you know, if, if sometimes you just have to do it yourself, right? So I wish it wasn't true. I wish I found someone that was gold and could do it all for me. But, you know, the good and the bad is, you know, we had to figure this out during COVID. I randomly took a class with Frank Kern. He has his free class. Actually, I think I paid a hundred bucks for the class. That's how I like, started building all this out. And um, that's... That was the key thing right there was doing all that. And then I realized, oh, I could pay him. So I paid him for a little bit. And then he said, well, you probably just better off on your own too. So that's what happened. That's what there, happened. There you go. Now you're here, here today talking about marketing. But yeah, I mean, this, is, this will be a fun topic. I was actually just talking to an advisor this morning about it. And he tried to run seminar ads alongside our ads. And they didn't perform nearly as much just with like with the way we've built them the way we target and the reason we did it and it's all just due to you know some of the key things that we've we've taken away and just getting part of marketing this will be fun because obviously running a business and the financial side of the practice is what you know best and what i know is is the marketing so i can have a a few things to say here but a lot of it's so funny because 
everyone says Facebook algorithms, right? But I feel like Facebook dictates all of their stuff off of who's clicking on it and who's registering, right? And I mean, that's, that's the idea, but at the same time, again, is it the ideal person that you want to convert? Is it, or is it just some Joe Schmo out there that's like just been clicking happily and registering for six other seminars or, you know, 15 other webinars. And, you know, it's like, yeah, that person, yeah, perfect. Put an ad in front of him and Facebook's like, that's a success because they clicked and they registered and they signed up. And, and so, yeah, if I was a, a lead vendor by, by all means, I would do zero interest and, um, just do Facebook lead forms. If it was e-commerce, right? Like if you were selling like a product, like a hairdryer or you know, phone, right? Then yeah, you want to go after the people that are buying a bunch of stuff online. So Facebook knows who that is, right? They're the people that are mostly engaging and, and clicking on stuff. And so that's why they want to put your ads in front of those people. But if you're trying to get someone to sign up for your seminar or try to get an appointment with them, that's different. It's a totally different strategy. And that's where you could be giving Facebook too much credit to advertise, right? To try to figure that out for themselves. Because they're mostly, they're using, I mean, I'd say the majority of Facebook is e-commerce um, ads. I don't think it's, majority of it's not people trying to fill their seminars. <laughs> not yet, not yet. So, <laughs> but... <laughs> So it's a little different, right? In our in our webinars, same thing. And, you know, I think we talked a little bit last week about, you know, some of the aha moments that we're having with that where we realize, okay, quality is great. Appointments are great. But some people struggle with closing. So that's, that's you know, something different. But a topic for a different day because I think we kind of beat that up a little bit last week. But the first area, and I'll just bring this up, that I think is the biggest screw up when it comes to the digital marketing is not actually using interests for targeting. Now, before I jump in there, when we run ads, we'll do different interests when we're targeting people. We will also do no interests as well, just to make sure that we're not wrong. Like meaning that we'll run all of them and then have one that's still no interest. And then if the no interest one's performing over the others, then we'll put more ad spend in the no interest. If the, interest ads are working better than we turn off the other ones. Okay. So technically what we're doing there is we're, we're throwing like, if you think about this as like fishing, we're throwing like 20 lines in the water and then what, and we're using each different type of a lure and whatever lure is working. Then what we start doing is taking that lure out or taking the other, the other lures out of the water and pouring more of those same lures in the water. So that way we can catch more fish all at the same time. Perfect way to put that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean the Facebook when you're using the the audience side of things, yeah, we do we do the no audience targeting or the and we try it, you know, and, and give it a whirl because every location is different, right? If if we're targeting California, that's obviously different than New York, and if you're targeting Florida, that's obviously different than Kansas. So it's like, of course, you try it and see where it works in that area, but you know, again, it's a small budget for each one, and we we just like you said perfectly placed, like we just flip out that that lure basically so and that's and then we optimize right and then shut that one off and pour money more into the other ones and we continue to do that and then obviously over time you, you make the, the lure changes because you've caught so many other of, of those fish but it's a it's a great way to optimize that you know i think uh what's the second I think the one? second one is uh facebook lead forms 
think uh, we look at like lead forms and, you know, a lot of lead vendors will, will use it and, and it will produce a, a lot of leads again. But our philosophy on that is the same sort of thing of like the no interest targeting. It's it's who you're going to target. And a lead form is like, I mean, we've all clicked on them and, and then forgot that we even signed up for it. I mean, I do it all the time. Obviously, I'm a marketer, so I'm testing. I'm looking at everyone else's campaigns and, and e sequences. But you know, I'm sure if I talk to my grandma, and grandpa, right, they're like, "Yeah, you know, I've I've, I've gotten this many eBooks and tax guides, and I look at her Facebook page all the time, and that's all that's on there are these quick financial firms lead forms." And I was like, "Have, have you talked to any of these advisors?" And the, the answer is always, "No, I have not. <laughs> I haven't even looked at the eBook, or you know, it's like." And so I think the the second biggest mistake is is trying the uh, the Facebook Facebook lead forms. Yeah, the lead form, it's kind of it's kind of one of those things where I think it deceives you a little bit because you can get a lot of leads. So you're like, oh, look, you know, my ego is getting kind of big because I'm getting all these leads, right? And we all we all go to those financial advisor meetings and we're like, hey, yeah, I'm getting all these appointments and getting all these leads. But it's only as good as for what the quality is. So a lot of times those lead forms are as good as, you know, it's usually bad phone numbers or bad emails that are in there because those are the numbers or emails that people signed up with when they first signed up for Facebook. Because a lot of times they will auto-populate in that lead form and then and it's whatever they put in as far as what they want to put their information in for Facebook. And most people, when they're signing up for Facebook, they don't want to give them Facebook their good email or <laughs> their good phone number, right? So, and then it, and then when they're filling out the lead form, it auto populates, and then they're thinking, "Well, I don't want to do. I don't want to give them my good phone number, or my good email." <laughs> so, you're not usually getting the best data when you're doing the lead form versus when you make someone actually fill out the form. That's why we use landing pages, and we used to. And, and don't get me wrong, pre-COVID. I was, when we were doing just seminars only, we were doing lead form and landing pages. And we found there wasn't much difference between lead form and landing pages, but now there is. Like lead form was a little different than it, than it is today. It's it's gotten to a point where like the if you can get the same amount of registrants from the landing page as you did a lead form, it's better to get them on the landing page because they're leaving Facebook. They're having to actually put their information in so it's going to be better off that you have it go to a landing page rather than um, a lead form. And landing page is just a website, you know, a page where people can put their information in. It's just a one-page website, essentially, where we're just trying to get them to put their information in. So I think it's much better. I think the quality is much better. But, geez, if we want to get like a million people to give us their name, phone number, and email, and it's not as good of data as we would hope, then use, use Facebook lead form. If you want your ego to be really big just because you feel like getting a ton of leads is a, is a way is a big thing to brag about then do that for sure yeah absolutely and yeah i mean you got to make someone work for it right and i think especially with seminars like if you're trying to get someone to come to a class if they're just clicking on a lead form i mean that, that's super quick and then you're hoping your emails your text messages and your calls are, are really convincing them that they should show and then you have huge emphasis on that but when you have a landing page, you made them come off. They're scroll. They're looking at that landing page for some more information, and then they're sold. Right? The landing page does the extra selling. They're more invested. Like even our landing pages have like a it's a it's a double opt in. So like they put their you know basic information in the front, and then they put their address in. We do that because 
it's funny to see like the people that put their address in are the ones that show up to the seminar. Like if they don't put their address in, they just did the quick sign up and then logged off and didn't do the second opt in. Um, they're not likely to show. And that just goes to show like the more work you make someone to invest their time into signing up, right? The more likely they are to show. And at the end of the day, that's what everyone wants, right? I mean, it's cool to say, dude, I had 90 people sign up for my seminar last week. And then you ask them, well, how many people show? And they're like, well, 10, 10 households show. And it's like kind of the point, right? And, and I'd rather have 20 and have 15 or, you know, that kind of math or whatever, you know, the show on the percentages of, of that aspect. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, well, obviously I agree because I see the numbers myself for my seminars and my webinars. So obviously I agree, but you know, it's, it's easy for me to sit on this horse and, and, and preach from it. But yeah, you know, when it comes to Facebook marketing, we say it's easy because it technically it is easy to get leads and you can get leads through Facebook, the lead form really is you can do non-interest targeting. The other thing you can do is you could copy other people's ads really easily, mm -hmm. right? Because you can go to the Facebook, uh, Facebook ads library and go look at what other people are doing for ads. And so the other thing that people are doing that I think is a big mistake is they're trying to do what other people are doing, meaning that they go see what Fisher Investments is doing. I remember there's a guy, I forget his name, but there's, he was copying exactly what Fisher Investments was doing. Now, Fisher Investments spends over like $60 million on marketing. So like he's not even, I don't even think he's trying to optimize his ads at this point. Like he, it's more or less branding. But the guy is like, I can't get that. Like I did the same things. I had the same questions, blah, blah, blah. It didn't work. So digital marketing doesn't work. I'm like, well, yeah, because you think Fisher's, you know, like his digital marketing is technically working that well. I mean, I'm guessing his ad cost is through the roof. Like, I bet you it's really not that efficient. That efficient. I, I think his Google pay-per-click stuff is probably better, much better than his Facebook marketing. But his Facebook marketing, I don't, I don't know. Based on what I've seen, it's pretty old school. And I'm like, this, this is. He's, I think he's, they're just doing it just to do it. I don't think they're actually yeah. looking at their numbers. That's so funny with fish. But when you have sixty million dollars to spend, I don't think yeah. you care. <laughs> they kind of just let it go out the window, right? <laughs> But it's like it's like it's like any other like big brand. I mean, like your what Coca Cola does, right? It's like uh, if I was a small time brand new soda pop in the industry, and if Coca Cola's doing these huge commercials and running these crappy ads on Facebook or YouTube, it's fine because they have the brand and the awareness, and it's out there. Like their their goal and like their philosophy on marketing is completely different than what ours is because I'm just trying to sell pop. What Coca-Cola is doing is trying to build this huge, massive brand that they've already established, right? And they Coca-Cola started off selling soda at a small level, and then they got to a branding. And then you can run huge, massive commercials that people say don't convert well, but it's because their ideology or what they need of marketing is completely different than someone that's that's smaller and go. So, like, I'm all for, and like, I think that's kind of like a secret tool that not a lot of advisors or people in our industry know is there is an ad library that Facebook provides and you can literally search, you can see, search our ads. You can search any users or anyone that's marketing Facebook's ads and look at them. And that's great, but make it your own to an extent, but make sure you're like, if you look at someone's ads, you don't mimic Fisher investments, their philosophy is completely different. And they have a huge, big budget 
you know, look at just ads that are kind of in that same sort of realm of what you're trying to accomplish. Like you're trying, like your goal is pure. I need butts and seat. I need good quality people sitting in. I need appointments and driving that. Fisher is probably just pure numbers, right? And just get his name out there and just blast it. Um, and you can do that when you have a, a big budget, but smaller budgets, you just need to just need to hone in and, and more optimize your ads towards towards you and your goals and to make sure you're not trying to copy like big so fish. So copy the right kind of ad is what yes, you're saying. thank you. With that long rant. Or what we're saying, yeah, I should say. With that long rant, that's exactly the, yeah. the point I'm trying to get. I mean, that was my point is that you shouldn't be copying someone's ad that you don't know if it's working or not. You're just assuming it's working because they're a big brand. And, you know, fish investments is, is one of them. I have no idea what the other, you know. I always see like Athene's annuity, you know, Athene annuity or OnlyOne's Life. They're throwing their ads out there. I'm like, those look so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if they're working or not. I'm just assuming that they're not working just because they just have a budget to throw at it and they're not even really trying. Versus, you know, for most of us, our small business owners, we have a budget. We're trying to be efficient with our money. And we're not trying to, you know, just throw money at Facebook because it's part of the marketing. We want to actually make an ROI on it. So that's the third one. Make sure you're careful on who you're copying. Uh, Obviously, you could go to our ads, right? You you could go to the ads library, like the National Retirement Academy. You can see all of our ads, technically, that are up there. Absolutely. And the thing is, you're not going to see the back end of the ads. You won't see our targeting or you won't see our lookalike audience and so on and so forth that we use. But I think that's the other, the fourth issue, not having that pixel, right? Seeing the same exact thing. Yeah. So if you don't, and and what the pixel is, just so people know, pixel is like a cookie, okay? Or, you know, website cookie. It basically knows or tracks who clicked on your website and then, Facebook knows who clicked on your website or clicked on that information, and then that allows you to do some retargeting down the road or allows you to create what we call an audience. So that way we know instead of always doing interests, we'll do lookalike audience. And at this point, I have no idea. Do you do you even know how big our audience is in our pixel now, no. Josh? I mean, this is that was just a random thought. That was just I have no idea. It's 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 massive, obviously, because we run so many campaigns in so many different locations, but it's because we've generated over 400,000 leads in our National Retirement Academy campaign yeah. at this point. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty optimized. So I can't imagine, I can't imagine like the pixel at this point. The pixel's got to be three, four million yeah, people. It, it's got to be a lot. I'll look into it actually now because I'm kind of curious. But yeah, I mean, and the pixel's huge now that you kind of know, but it's more of a, the pixel's going to be like, if you're going to run ads and you're going to market in Facebook, you need to have a pixel to just long-term success. Right. Like otherwise all the clicking and all the landing page views, all that can be tracked with the pixel. And if you don't have it, all that data is gone and it's wasted. So if you're running campaigns in Facebook, make sure your pixels added to it. Make sure you're collecting the audience because that's how Facebook knows. Like on our stand, that's how Facebook knows to target even in our interest groups. Like these are the people that have been converting for national retirement Academy, you know, and then the other thing is you're collecting all these people and you can also then retarget. But if you're not having a pixel, basically a way to track the success, you're basically wasting a lot of money because you have none of that data that you could have had. And it's important 
if you're going to start doing it right away, right? You got to have that pixel right away. Otherwise, and if you don't add it as soon as possible, but all that money you spent in the past, all the clicks that you get, you know, the landing page views that don't convert or landing page views that convert and don't show to the, the seminar or don't set the appointment. Like there's no way to go back, right? So as long as you put the pixel on as quickly as possible, put it on your site, have someone put it on there. It's, it's not very difficult. Facebook makes it pretty easy. It's, it is one key difference for long-term success within the, the digital landscape of, of marketing. Yeah. The whole digital marketing, I know people in our space, the financial advisors have good and bad experiences with it. And even right now, we got introduced to an FMO that has been using a particular person or company. And I think maybe that particular company got a bit comfortable, I'd say, you know, based on how much they were doing with that one FMO. And maybe thought they were kind of locked in or, you know, they, they, you know, they didn't have to worry about their job security in a way. But then advisors started not getting the results they wanted. So, you know, there are, you know, again, when it comes down to the targeting, when it comes down to making sure you're using the interests, the pixel, not following the right ads or right, uh, right companies to follow to help build it. But lastly is technically the image and how you build your copy. More than likely, a lot of you are using just super basic copy, which I see it all the time. Hey, are you wondering how your retirement plan is going to make it through retirement? Click below to set up appointment. What the heck? That's pretty good. I think that's... that's... If that's working, good for you because... I. <laughs> but I, I can almost guarantee you it's not. I mean, I've... I think I've tried... I tried it early on in the game, you know, like... Boost your post. I'm like, oh, maybe, just maybe I'll get, maybe I'll strike Please it, right? Post, maybe I have that one thing that, you know, I'm going to protect people's assets. And I don't think people are promoting that that much. Maybe I should put that up there. Or I'm going to create some income story. I, come on. You need to provide something like of value or you got to make a bold claim. Okay, you got to make a bold claim when you do your copy. And to the image and What's stupid is sometimes the most basic, stupid image works instead of like some nice digital copy or some di like a stock photo, right? Of some, the classic one is two old people, right? Holding hands or sitting on the bench. I see it all the time. Walking on the beach. Or then the other stock photo is usually like a, yep. Or the next photo is usually like a piggy bank and it never works. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this, this looks so good. And then, nope, nothing. And that, that was a long time ago, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, imagery and stuff like that can be, it can play a role. And like, I think a lot of times with our, our setup is like, it's like the back in the day, you know, advisors would send like the ugly postcard, right? For in the mail and it'd be like that yellow one that's very ugly. And that would usually outperform like the very nicely designed ones for the most part, right? And that's kind of like, that works in, in Facebook as well. The not super ugly, but you know, the quick snap on the cell phone um of like we have one that's it's literally printed off on my printer a one cheater on a desk picture of it right and that works really well or writing you know um but the other thing is like maybe you can do nicely photos right like a really professionally done designed photo but if you're going to do that i'm going to sneeze here in the mic so here goes the breathing comment but if you're going to do a nice photo 
it can't be the, like, again, the same one that everyone's using along with the same copy, right? Like it, it's going to, that has to be custom towards you, unique and, and to the point and designed for the site. But it is funny on how well the cell phone picture does compared to one that's designed professionally. Yeah, the, the classic stock photo or the the classic photo of the advisor standing there, you know, the it's just the amount of entitlement that I, th- I think or the amount of ego that we all have as advisors, we just think people are so lucky to meet with us, so they better book an appointment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the attitude. Yep. And I don't think, unfortunately, that doesn't work. You know, I, I would love, I would, and you know what I'd love most? I would love most if people would just like come through Facebook, sign up through my Facebook ad, and then say, hey, I want to work with you, just straight up. Like, hey, what do I sign? That'd be That's great. That's a dream. I mean, absolutely. I mean, who, who wouldn't want, want that? You know, maybe we can do that. Maybe let's just run an ad straight to an application um, and see if they'll fill it out and start working off it. Like yeah. a nudie app? Let's just do like a That's nudie what? app. Minimum million dollar That's nudie right. app. That's Something true. like that. Right to a DocuSign. Let's <laughs> see if it works. Unfortunately, that's we're joking. Well, I mean, on that note, I know this is a side note, but on that note, I know you've actually gotten people to, you know, pay for an estate plan directly. Yeah. Again, yeah, but that's that 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 sale is a a four ninety nine deal, right? And that's like, again, that dream is like the e commerce, right? It's like you're you're pushing a small product. I'm not trying to convince someone to give me their their life savings uh, very quickly, but yes, we do run can convince someone to to watch a quick even that funnel is not right to an application they they're going to watch a small webinar that's 15 20 minutes and then they'll purchase right after that but that is yes absolutely part of that but quite different because again i think most advisors want the million dollar client right and a 15 minute webinar and maybe i'm wrong i don't think i am but maybe i am but they're not gonna watch a 15 minute webinar and then fill out an annuity application right afterwards. So it's, if you're, you're willing to test it, you know, we can test it with you and, and spend the money, but it might be a little bit voice. I'm going to save my money. <laughs> but if you, if there's an advisor out there that wants us to help test that, we'll, well, yeah, we're, we're happy to do so. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> we would strongly recommend not to do that, but you know, again, if I can't convince yes, you, that's right. That's fine. That's fine. I'll have to have you sign um, an agreement saying that we are not at <laughs> at fault. If it does not work, results most likely will not come. Exactly. <laughs> but we're happy to help you spend the exactly. money <laughs> just to be a te- just so you can be a test. I I, I think I think you know if we're going to add a sixth thing in there, by the way, before we end this, I think that's the other thing is being the test guinea pig for a lot of these vendors. You know, a lot of these digital marketers that are entering the Facebook or the the financial advisor space actually don't know how to do marketing. They might have done marketing for somebody, or they took a course like I did on Frank, Kern, you know, with Frank Kern, and then all of a sudden we we you know we know what we like to think we know what we're doing on the marketing side, and a lot of you guys will go spend money with them and find out otherwise, you know. And there's again, if you guys just want leads, I I could get you leads all day long. Uh, like leads are super easy to get on Facebook, to be honest. The hardest part is getting them to go all the way through the funnel, okay, making them book an appointment now. There's two different ways you can go through the funnel. You know, obviously you can, besides doing seminars, okay, if you're just doing this virtually, there's two different ways. Actually, there's more than two ways, but there's two preferred ways. One is booking th- booking an appointment by, you know, going from 
add to watching the webinar to book an appointment or just add to watch or going to landing page to book an appointment. Obviously, landing page and book an appointment is going to be less likelihood of someone showing up for the appointment. And then the other way that we do it is off is actually a lot more long form where we make them download a guide, go to the webinar, uh, scheduled webinar and book an appointment. And we've done it every which way. And what we found out, okay, it doesn't matter which way you do it. You'll still have the same amount of appointments that show at the end of the day. Okay. Now, if you do it the first way, just doing landing page, okay, to book an appointment, you're going to have a lot of appointments on your calendar. It's going to be the lowest cost, but the, the majority of them aren't going to, majority of them aren't going to show or they're going to, not going to remember what they signed up for, to be honest. The second one is they book an appointment right from the webinar uh, or you know, they go to an ad, go see an on-demand webinar and book an appointment. And again, you have a lot more appointments, but there's going to be a less likelihood of showing, but it still works. Okay. So then when you look at the math, of the other way where the more lawn form, you're gonna have a lot more people show up to that appointment. So you're not blocking space off your new calendar. Yeah, I have this conversation often because obviously if you're living and listening to this podcast, you know our philosophy, right? We're on that third funnel. Like that's that's the route we go with for the majority if for everyone, right? That's, that's what we believe is like having an automated filtering system. So it's not wasting an advisor's time, not taking up a space in your calendar where they might or might not show. And, you know, there are advisors that we work with that are like, Hey, I would rather just have 10. And I'm like, I want 10 appointments a week. And I was like, okay, but you know, three of those are going to show. Okay. Well, you're having three appointments right now this week. How many showed? They all showed. So it's like, Okay, I get you want the numbers, right? Because the numbers, then the math looks good. You spent whatever, 400 bucks, you got 10 appointments, it's 40 bucks an appointment or what, 50 bucks an appointment. Great, good. But how many show? Then you like cost per show. And it's like, it's the constant conversation I have all the time. And so we're happy to do, you know, funnel one, funnel two for people. But if you listen to the podcast, you kind of know our philosophy on that. Well, there's a guy that I work with. He says, uh, he's like, I get 40 appointments a month. I'm like, all right, great. There's no way, okay, that anyone could be productive with 40 appointments a month. I mean, maybe if you're doing the old classic turn and burn, okay, where you're just bringing what you got, let's go with the easiest low-hanging fruit, and then on to the next one, okay? Now, there's a FMO that does that, and they do a ton of dinner seminars. Yeah, you're doing 40, 50 appointments, and you're, I mean, you're closing on that first appointment and you're doing a lot of little, little deals, little $20,000, $30,000 type of annuities. I mean, it's a lot of paperwork. I remember going to that guy's seminar and um, he said he did like 36 million. And to do that 36 million, it was like 600 apps. And I started doing the math. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. It sounds miserable, which is why I think he started the FMO. But, and I think a lot of advisors that go down the path, like it's, it's a, it's a big dream, right. To do that much production, but then we don't realize how much like actual time that has to go into that because you're, you're doing, you're doing so many seminars, so many meetings, you have no life, absolutely no life. I personally, I, I, I like to have a life. I don't do any meetings in the evening. Now I got two kids. I'm trying to be a hockey coach and, you know, I like to go on the lake and, I like to go do things other than just, you know, work. 
And I think a lot of advisors get too stuck with, I need to work my butt off and get less results. <laughs> so if you do it smart, like remember the old, the old saying is, work smarter, not harder, okay? That's kind of our idea here. Now, if you want just straight appointments, I'll get you straight appointments. And sometimes that's what people want. So we do know that if the guy wants a hamburger, but he looks like he needs a salad, yep. we'll give him the hamburger, okay? Let's just give him the hamburger. Make him happy. And we'll work on the diet later, okay? So with that being said, Josh, as, as always, I love doing this and... I look forward to the next one. If you guys want to watch our past episodes, make sure you go to YouTube, go search Mastermind Advisor Marketing. You'll find all of our past YouTubes where we have how we do the first meeting, how we do, uh, uh, how we compare different funnels, different ads. So make sure you go to that. Make sure you like and subscribe. That way we will make sure that we know these things are actually going out to people that are worth doing yeah. rather than Josh and I just sitting here talking to ourselves and staring at each other. So. Make sure to go to our YouTube page or go to our website. If you have any questions, go to mastermindadvisor.com and we'll see you at the next one. Looking forward to it. See you guys. Mastermind Advisor Marketing is marketing for financial advisors created by financial advisors. The financial world is changing at the speed of data and old methods of reaching your clients are no longer effective. Mastermind Advisor Marketing uses state-of-the-art technology developed by those in the financial and digital spaces to help financial advisors generate qualified leads and close business. On the Mastermind Advisor podcast, join Vince Oldre and Josh Woodward as they explain how to successfully market yourself in this ever-changing landscape.